Hi everyone, this is Liv and for this episode of Canoodle, I picked The Wedding Planner. This is a movie I have always loved watching when I was younger. I love JLo so much, especially in this decade of the early 2000s, and the cheesiness of the rom-com is particularly delicious here. Or so I thought. I hadn't seen the movie in many, many years, and watching it now brought up some real discussions about how times have changed in the past 20 years. Happy listening! I got a little she bit. Bit. She came home today, I got a little sunburn, and then Ruby is showing us her tan lines, which are really burn lines. Burn lines. <laughs> and I look a little bit like a lobster with a white bikini. That's what <laughs> Where'd you go? Rockaway. I don't How long were you there? Huh? Whole day? Not really. I was there from, I was in the sun from like 11.30ish to 2.30ish. That's the worst time though. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time you went to the beach ever? Yeah, in my whole life. I know. I I just like, I didn't really think about that. I just thought I have to teach a class this morning and after my class I will go. And then that's what I did. (laughs) So that's what I did. Oh. Anyway, it's all good. It's all good. What about you, girlies? Well, today I had my first my, my, my first outing out into the social world since well, the beginning of the quarantine. Like you? Yeah. Yeah. I actually I met a girlfriend in um, in Battery Park here uh-huh. in New York City um, for a socially distanced picnic. Yeah. It was great. You know, we, we were walking around, like, looking for a place to kind of cop a squat, as Julie Roberts once famously said in Pretty Woman. And we were just, and it was so beautiful down by the water. You can see the Statue of Liberty, and it's just so gorgeous. And there's a restaurant down there called, um, like, the Oyster Palace or the Oyster House or something. And it was closed, of course, for COVID, which is unfortunate for them. But it was serendipitous for us because they have the whole outside is these really big picnic style tables. Oh yeah, puree uh, that are there permanently. Right. Yeah. And there, there was nobody there, so we just and there were like maybe a couple of other people sitting at tables, but like there were so many tables that we had like ten tables between us and the next people. That's great. So, so good. Sat down for like forty-five minutes and had like a little picnic lunch, and then we just took a walk along the water. And we had our masks on, and people were socially distancing, and uh, it was great. So, does that mean that the four of us can just like I, I attend every week? I feel like to just get us closer together. But is there a we're time? ready? We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. No, no, we're saying it for you. We're waiting for you. Go on a date with us. Yes. Oh. We're asking you out. <laughs> Go on a date. Let's go. Let's I love go. It. I want to go to one of your places where you get like curbside margaritas. Oh, we can hook that up for you. Yeah. Yes. No problemo. That sounds amazing. Okay, let's do it. Next weekend is ours, babe. Okay, we're in. Wait, we're talking in. to you here. All right. <laughs> well, I guess that that seals the that deal. Seals the deal. That seals the deal. Perfect. Yes. Whoop whoop. I love it. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Oh, by the way, guys, this is Canoodle. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> Doesn't that go without saying? I mean, obviously, if you're listening to Canoodle, you know it's Canoodle, um, the podcast where we watch your favorite rom-coms, our favorite rom-coms, and dish, dish, dish. So this week's movie is The Wedding Planner, which was Liv's top pick. Yes, yes. She did give us a choice last week of East Coast or West Coast, and we unanimously picked West Coast. So, which means that we are watching The Wedding Planner and not Made in Manhattan, which, spoiler, right. is not my favorite movie. Made, <laughs> made in Manhattan? <laughs> well, uh, not for you, West. <laughs> so, I'm very glad to pick, uh, to pick the, wedding, <laughs> the Wedding Planner. So, let's, let's talk about The Wedding Planner's dating profile. The Wedding Planner, 2001, written by Michael Ellis and Pamela Falk, who, as a little insider tip or insider info, were a couple when they started writing the script. And by the time they finished, they had broken up. <laughs> oh my God. Enough juicy. Yes. Okay, good. I, I hate to give away a trivia bit in the beginning, but I think it's important to the dating profile to know what this movie is about. It's baggage this movie brings to the table. <sighs> um, it is directed by Adam Shankman, who we also know from 2019's What Men Want starring Taraji B. Henson, Whoa. and the 2007 movie musical Hairspray. Oh. And we cannot neglect that it stars megastars Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. That's right. So what's this movie about? Gorgeous control freak Mary Fiore is up to her highly glossed kisser in weddings. She's the top wedding planner in San Francisco and is set to become a partner in her firm if she can land their biggest account yet, the Donnelly wedding. Tragically unlucky in love, things seem to be looking up for Mary when she meets Steve Edison, a charming pediatrician who quite literally knocks her off her feet. But sparks really fly when Mary discovers that Steve is the groom in the Donnelly wedding. So, let's dive in. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, I mean, listen, we, we meet Mary right from the top. We meet our hero, Mary Fiore. We see her as a kid, loving weddings. Yep. Which... By the way, I thought it was very um, interesting that all of her dolls were white. I know, that was my first thought. <laughs> and we were thinking that maybe, like, this would have been, she would have been a kid in the 70s. So, you right. know, while dark-skinned dolls definitely existed, she was, uh, they, they weren't that easy to come across. And also, this was a Hollywood movie, so they weren't going to show dark-skinned dolls probably, right? Well, probably not, but also, she is supposed to be Italian. She's supposed to be Latina. Yeah. So, technically, Mari she's, supposed to, yeah, she's supposed to be Maria Fiore, right? <laughs> so, not dark skin, supposedly, right? Uh, we, we're going to talk about that in depth later. Because in I have depth. Okay. <laughs> I have thoughts, I have opinions, and I have feelings, okay? Yeah. So, we're ready. We're ready. <laughs> Uh, but so we see her as a kid loving weddings. Then we are thrown right into Mary Fiore, top of her game, managing a gigantic wedding. 
-hmm. girls, let's break this apart. We have to spend a little bit of time. In this I mean, I mean, yes. So the the for the opening act, I want to share something that Lucy said off the get go. She turned to me and she was like, "I would be a good wedding planner, don't you think?" <laughs> <laughs> so I I saw a little hidden interest there. So I'm gonna toss it to her as we're doing regards to this wedding. I don't remember it. Someone has to jog my memory. Oh, sorry. What was the first okay. wedding? I think the Nothing wedding pairs after that. Listen, I think the wedding itself is, of course, it's stunning. It's like this big, gigantic 2001 era wedding. But I think what's really stunning is Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Her skin made of unicorn blood, <laughs> her glossy lips, and her, that utility belt. Oh, yes. yeah. The utility belt is everything. Oh, my God. She, can, she opens it up and she's like, Tangare gin, Q-tips. <laughs> she gives the father of the bride a pill, like pops him a pill. Yes. Yeah. Raises his face with Evian and sends him on his way. That's yes. right. She is so skilled, so prepared, such a professional. Like, you know, Lucy and I are, are, are in our wedding, you know, preparation phase, rescheduling, and there was a hint of me, there was a part of me that was like, maybe I should just, you know, hire Maria Fiore to do this for us. <laughs> and one thing I will say is that this opening sequence is my favorite opening sequence maybe of any movie ever. Oh, wow. Amazing. And... And, and part of it is because she's such a boss and it's so fascinating just watching her operate and like yeah. watching her maneuver and like, I don't know much about the filmmaking part of it, but I'm sure that there's something there that makes me love it. But also um, it's one of those things where there was a time period, like in the mid 2000s, like the mid aughts, where it was on TV all the time. Like it right. would be whatever cable channel. Yeah. It was one of those things where if I turned the movie on and if it was at some middle part of the movie, I, I didn't need to watch it. But if it was at the beginning, I couldn't not watch it. I couldn't <laughs> watch at least that whole beginning part because it's yeah. one of my favorite things. Totally, <laughs> totally. No, I, I completely agree. And she is so stunning and so like, um, you're kind of absorbed by her and mm -hmm. her whole like allure and attire and attitude. I love it. Yeah. All so of her short, how do you call those acronyms? Like you're already introduced to all of her acronyms. The FOB is MIA. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, so we meet her quickly and um, we also meet her family. I think we should just, I don't wanna spend too much time on them because ugh, yeah. um, her, her Italian dad, which is the first clue that she's maybe Italian and not Latina. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we meet Massimo. Mm -hmm. AKA Alex Karev with an Italian accent. That's right, from Grey's Anatomy. Our, our second Grey's Anatomy spotting in one of our rom-coms. Yes, and, and I think that um, what's so crazy, he's so young. Like, so, so young and so young. 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 He's like a little baby. What is this accent? <laughs> I know, no, it's over like, the top. It's, so bad. Oh my so goodness. Bad. And his English, his grammar is perfect with that horrible accent. It just makes it all worse. Like just tragic. <laughs> and clearly, you know, the only important thing to note here is that the father is trying to set uh, Mary up with 
random Italian guy in, in some sort of an arranged marriage. Um, well, he's not that random. They have known each other since mm. they were little. Mm-hmm. Right. But it is still random. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. She is ready to take the next step in her career. She wants to be a partner in her firm. And she has identified this big, big wedding, this power couple that's going to get married. The Donnelly family's daughter is getting married. And they are a big, gigantic, new money family. And she feels like if she brings this in, she can seal the partnership deal at her firm and just kind of really take off in her career. Uh, I just, there's so many fun things that I love. I love when she sees the girl with the sunless tanner mishap. Yes. She knows just what to do. God, well, this just happened to me in February, right before my bachelorette in Miami. I got a spray tan and it was extremely dark, but I knew I was going to wash it off and I washed it off and it was gray. It was, like, Liv had to come in the shower and scrub me. I, yeah. was, I was gray. Luckily, it left me glowing from that nice exfoliant and the little bit of the tanner was left over, but it, I had my own, my own wedding-related sunless tanner disaster. And I, had I seen this movie before, maybe think she wouldn't have to scrub me in the shower. <laughs> oh. Um, and it also, this also sets up, um, that fact that she really knows weddings and marriages. Like, I love that little scene where they realize that she's having a bet with her coworkers, um, when she wins the bet because the couple gets divorced because they chose Olivia Newton-John's I Honestly Love You, which yeah. is the 14 month maximum, uh, category for a divorce. So I love it. I love it. Um, and then... We, you know, we're moving along, and then we finally meet the Donnellys, the family whose wedding she's going to plan. Um, we meet Fran, who is the, the bride for the Donnelly wedding, and her kooky, new, mud, new money parents, who yeah. are helping themselves to free champagne <laughs> and hors d'oeuvres at somebody else's wedding. Totally. I thought it was so wacko to have somebody else who doesn't belong to your wedding be there to just their own. I was like, what is that? Like, this is so crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just thought about it for a moment. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is really the strangest thing. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. It's one of those things that I actually, you, you came to mind, Barbara, with like continuity. Like, you know, you always talk about continuity. This is not right. This is not right. Lucy was the, the realness keeper. She kept, she kept saying like, but this is not, this can't be real. Like this doesn't happen in real life. I had some problems with this movie. In that, in that, that someone would never respond that way. Like I just, we'll go, we'll get to those points, but I got lost a few times because I just couldn't light it anymore. No. <laughs> resistance from me. I want you to like <laughs> it when you see it. <laughs> She's like, give it, give it, give it to, give it to me. Give it yes. all. But of all of this, let's be honest, it's just the precursor to the meat cute. The meat cute. Yeah, exactly. It is so outrageously over the top and yet so memorable. I love it. I absolutely love this scene. <laughs> yes. This meat is not so cute for me. This is my, this is number one of me not being able to believe it because she sees the dumpster coming. Like she sees it, she starts to walk away, then she goes, Oh my Gucci shoes. Is she really gonna die for it? 
It's not like she was stuck. She could have stepped away. That, come on. Exactly. And she's going to get the, all this money from being a partner in this wedding. She could buy a new shoe. Exactly. <laughs> I understand that she had to do that for the rest of the movie to happen, but I have my skeptical glasses on. I see. I see. I see what you're, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Lucy. I, I really am. <laughs> fact-checking this movie for us. Well, I just don't like the fact that Matthew McConaughey has that weird blonde hair. <laughs> no, he looks a little weird in this movie. What was that hair? I don't know. What, what is this whole face? It looks so weird. Okay, I, like, when he was coming at her to, to save her, I didn't recognize him. I was like, who's this man? Man. Where is he? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. Um, yeah, but he, he does he does save her, and they have this 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 initial moment where um, you know he is basically giving her her like a the examination, and she's sort of like I imagined her with like the, the cartoon birds flying around her yeah, head. Yeah, totally, totally had her 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 clock cleaned, you know, and um, <laughs> and <laughs> and she wakes up in the hospital. And we, we realized that, of course, he's a doctor. Not only is he a doctor, but he's a pediatrician. Yes. So the we get dreamiest to of dreams. For kids. Now, who were these kids? Those kids were my favorite. Oh, they yeah. were so cute. So cute and, like, smart ass and, like, so good. That I love that scene. I think it was so hilarious. <laughs> so. I know. It definitely but shows how charming he is because he, he has this chance to really like be super charming and like really be joyful, which I think is where he's like, I won't say he's, that's where he's the best in general. Cause I know he's a, good, a great actor, but like for me, that's where he's the most charming when he really lets loose and is yeah. like funny and, and yeah. whatever. he's really funny with the kids. Yeah. Uh, and there is just like a soft spot, I think, for every woman that sees a man just being so good with kids. I think that there is just something there that he just wins over no matter what. Yeah, but to take it to a dark place, um, why were these kids <laughs> in the hospital? They seem very at home there. Are they there forever? Do they live there now? What is wrong they with seem them? Pretty okay. They seem pretty okay. I'm like a half cast. I was like, you don't have to wear pajamas at the hospital for a half cast. Like. Oh. And you're not there long enough that everyone knows you when you roam around. That's sort of an in and out <laughs> procedure, so I don't know what's happening with this poor Scene number two, I have a problem with. <laughs> <laughs> are these kids? What if this is a dangerous situation and they unplugged something important? I know, with her giant neck. They were practically doctors, those kids. Practically doctors. They could, I, I could tell they found long enough that they actually knew all the lingo. I did. <laughs> Um, I have, I'd say one of the things that I really like when, because there's this whole scene now where, where Jennifer Lopez is in, is in his office and sort of snooping around and she has this really great comedic moment where she realizes what a mess she is and starts to clean herself up and she's putting on the lip gloss, which lip gloss is a very important thing for this movie is all about <laughs> lip gloss. It's the lip gloss movie and she has such great comedic timing, I think, and that's, a, that's a, such a small moment and a small choice, but I think it's just so funny and how she sort of just takes, takes advantage of that moment to like, you know, zhuzh up her, her lips. Um, I know, it's so cute. And honestly, I don't know if this is like a thing, but 
this is like, you know, now knowing that she's Italian, I just also thought that this is such a European thing of her a little bit because it's just like such a thing of like, you know, always put like, always be like, try to be always perfect and like always have your makeup done and always have your hair done. It's like a very Italian thing. So it's also kind of cute to kind of like, you know, given that we, we can't overlook the fact that she doesn't look Italian, maybe we can like, you know. Not Italian, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and for someone who is so famously Latina, it's, it's just bizarre. bizarre. <laughs> I think it really speaks to the time too, right? I was gonna say like at that time, because I don't know like if at that time she was so famously Latina. Like, of course, now she, I, I don't know. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think she totally was. I mean, she was super famous at that point and yeah. like really famous. And like she was dating P. Diddy at that time. Or maybe, I don't yeah. know what his name was at the time, Sean Puff. Sean Combs. Puff Daddy, I think he was. Daddy, whatever he was calling himself at the time. And um, I don't mean to be dismissive about it. I just didn't, don't know the answer. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, but I think that like that, I guess, was a time that I don't even, I don't think I even realized. Cause I, don't, I didn't remember that she was not supposed to be Latina, that she was supposed to be Italian. But like right. that, I can't imagine today that somebody who was, is as famous as Jennifer Lopez was at the time would have gone into a film saying, it's okay that you pretend that I'm not Latina for this yeah, movie. Yeah. Pretend that I'm something else. I, I know, it was, it was really weird. It was just, and I think that it may have been because it's so difficult to convey that she would be Italian, you know? But in, it's like, it's, it's a really, really strange thing. I also think that this is just one of the things that, you know, and we can talk about this later a little more in, more in depth, but one of the things that, as to, I had not seen this movie in so long. I mean, I think at least 10 years. Um, how certain things really are very different now and they don't fly anymore now and they just like even just certain little things that are a little bit misogynistic or a little bit like you know that now we're just like pointing it out and going like no freaking way but back then I mean I know that I was I was very young so I don't think that I would have picked up on it necessarily but I think you kind of you know, it, it was okay back then. So it's kind of interesting how 20 years really make, you know, obviously make it. I don't think that we, that we knew we could not like it. I mean, like it was one of those things where it was like, that's what we were being fed and yeah. that's what we ate, you know? Earlier, but I wanted to do a technology alert, Palm Pilots. Uh, <laughs> product placement. I, I, for one, had a Palm Pilot. No. I, 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 I inherited one from my from my dad. <laughs> oh my gosh. And um, I don't know what I used it for, I'll be honest, because <laughs> I didn't have anything going on in my life. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that my, my job, that my Palm Pilot didn't connect to my work computer <laughs> of any kind. Because yeah, I, I, I didn't do job needed any kind of connection of Palm Pilot technology. <laughs> um, but I don't know. And I think I played a game on it, like maybe like Minesweeper or something, and you had the little stylus, which yeah. probably was the reason that I got a Palm Pilot. I think I got it like, because <laughs> they were pretty, they were like kind of inexpensive in my memory, because I didn't make any, 2001, I wasn't making any money. I was making, I was barely, I was eating like, you know, pizza for, for <laughs> so I don't know why I had a Palm Pilot, but no, uh, no meat, no food. <laughs> <laughs> no food. Well, it clearly was very important to you to have a Palm Pilot. 
Um, so they end up through, through the intervention of, of wacky best friend, wacky BFF slash fairy godmother, number one, Penny. Um, they end up together at a movie, a big outdoor movie screening hmm. where they chat and they flirt and um, they have a second fairy godmother, Bert. <laughs> yes. Uh, who intervenes to make sure that they that they go dancing, and um, and they're really charming together. This is a really cute little scene that they have to kind of. Sweet. They're totally into each other. Like you really can feel like they're totally into each other. Like, yeah, they're great together. And this in this scene, uh, Mary and Steve almost kiss. Almost. They get close. They almost kiss. And they also have a very cute moment with the M&Ms. I know. Yeah. I love that moment. But that always stuck with me, too. Because we don't necessarily have many. I mean, it's in Switzerland, I didn't, you know, at the time, when the movie came out, I was like 14 or 15. So I was in that prime time of like eating all that candy stuff, right? We don't really have any M&Ms like that. So we would do Smarties. You know, we have Smarties. And so, but Smarties are so little and there's so many more in one packet. So to only pick out the, the, <laughs> the brown ones is really difficult. Like you're left with a lot of uneaten ones. So at some point I just gave up. But I tried it for a little while. <laughs> I sure did. I believed it. It's less chemicals. I believed it. But of course it's not true. I know. It's not true. <laughs> not true the coating is actually made of sugar so the oh, ones that are lighter 100%. probably have less chemicals in them <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh my god i love it yeah well they're all, in any case they're all covered with candy um but yeah i i feel like um that might have been the part where they start to lose me because how dare you throw m&ms on the floor yeah like another unreal yeah, thing number four maybe we're at number three M&M's on the floor. Are you kidding? We all know there's like six brown M&M's in a bag. You know, that's really all you're going to eat? Yeah, I don't think so. This is the next part is, is basically where Mary meets Fran's fiance, Eddie. Mm -hmm. Fran's been talking to, to Mary. Fran is the, is the bride in this big wedding. She's been talking to Mary about her fantastic fiance, Eddie, but the two have not met. So they meet um, unexpectedly because they're at a dance studio where, where lots of uh, engaged couples are learning to, uh, to, to dance so that when they do their first dances, they can not totally embarrass themselves by not knowing how to do a great rumba. Yeah. Yes. And it's at this point that Mary finds out that the groom of her wedding is not Eddie, but actually... Steve, the man that she just went on a magical first date with. Mm-hmm. Well, and if not, that's not, you know, that's like horrifying when he turns around and it's actually him. But what I feel so embarrassed for her about is that she even told Fran all about it because Fran recognized that she was actually totally over the moon in love or like something happened to her. And she told her all about their date and all about their night. And then she turns around. I mean, how humiliating and embarrassing yeah. that is. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it really sets up, the one thing that this movie does, I think, pretty well is it sets up that 
that Mary is a really good person yeah. and also that Mary genuinely likes Fran yeah. and they start to bond and they've started to really um, become friendly with each other. You know? and, and that's, which is probably something that happens a lot of the times because you're dealing with brides and stuff, but like they seem to have a rapport. They're, mm -hmm. they're probably around the same age, you know, and they seem to have a lot, I mean, a, you know, kind of a, a sensibility to each other that they really have a rapport together. And um, she's so horrified because she's, not only is she, she shared this important thing, now it's this, this guy is clearly a awful, lousy, two-timing jerk. And like horrifyingly horrifying. Like when he turns around, really, it's kind of like, and I, you know, and we've seen the movie before and he turns around and you're like, you're such an asshole. Like what in the world? <laughs> like seriously. So, you know, what's a girl to do, but do a hate tango. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfectly The only time. thing to do. He didn't hook you. I mean, come on, they're tangoing all over the place in the perfect, most rehearsed way possible while they're having this very deep conversation, apparently never having danced together before. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Tango Maureen, that's all I can exactly. say. <laughs> oh my God, what's Tango Maureen? <laughs> Tango Maureen is a reference to the um, Lucy and my favorite musical, Rent. Um, oh! <laughs> yeah. Tango Mori? Sadly, not a rom-com, otherwise we would pick otherwise it up. Otherwise, would have been <laughs> a rom-com. Not a rom-com. <laughs> they are dancing up a storm and, you know, basically uh, grappling with this, this situation of her finding out that he is a dirty, rotten, two-timing jerk and, um, he has been caught, you know, looking, give, giving other girls the eye, let's say. So let's put it that way. Yeah. So um, Mary is sort of hoping that she can get out of the situation and never really have to see Steve again. But Fran co-opts both of them to go and look at a wedding venue that is going to require an out-of-town day trip for them. Uh, and they go to this very fancy vineyard. And they're there for kind of, they're, they're there for a whole day and a lot of stuff happens in this year. Um, including manly bonding. Including manly bonding with yes. Mo Mosmo makes an appearance. Miss Mo. Uh, Miss makes an appearance. We, um, we, we also hear that Fran and Steve pick their wedding song, uh, which is I Honestly Love You by Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, <laughs> which we know what that means. And where that leads. But then we get to part five, in which Lucy's like, I'm done with this movie. This is it. And my can't. Yeah, what, what threw you over the edge? So Massimo shows <laughs> up because he's there. Why? Obviously. And he announces to everyone that he's engaged to Mary and she doesn't say anything. Are you? kidding me she couldn't just say no we're not engaged the whole rest of the movie happens she could have just that was it i i screamed i screamed you so as you you guys might know that i i tend to watch the movies twice um yeah. 
And um, when we were watching it together the other night, I think we, I think we might've talked about this a little bit, right? We did. And when I was re-watching it, Barbara and I were sitting in the kitchen at the same table. I had my headphones on and she was, you know, working. And I was just like, ah, ah. She looked at me like, which part are you on? I was like, Masano. <laughs> by the by 20 years ago me or something and I still was trying to totally justify it I was like but maybe you know she wants to get back at him and so she wants him to think that she's engaged I mean no actually no the truth is it's just badly written it's bad it's just bad it's just really bad in my notes I write Massimo <laughs> you can tell how angry I was why does Mary let this ruse go on and freak <laughs> Marks. So dumb. So dumb. Period. <laughs> so, dumb. Um, so dumb. And then I also wrote Massimo and Steve do the dumb physical fitness thing. Dumb. <laughs> I just kept writing. I'm so angry. It's so, <laughs> so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so, so silly. But then afterwards, we get to a scene in which in which I I, I kind of was feeling for Colleen because I feel like that was bringing up some oh. some deep trauma for her. PTSD. PTSD for the horse back I actually wrote very triggering for me. I just like, <laughs> you, I said, you said it, that's what we were watching. You were like, very triggering. I was like, oh, I don't know. I bet. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before on the show, but I was in a horseback riding accident like four years ago. I was thrown from a horse um, and I broke my back. So I was, kind of late, like laid up for a couple of months. Um, and by the way, when I say, I, I was in a horseback riding accident. I mean, it was like a trail ride. Yeah. Went, you know, the horse was like 95 years old or supposed to <laughs> was not supposed to even move the head from side to side and just either got stung by a bee or saw a bird or something and just freaked out and ran. Oh, I did feel for you in that scene, but truth is the that mary's horse just takes off and obviously in true in true heroic fashion mr steve just rides after her and saves her again also massimo comes <laughs> the other way her fiance where the fuck was massimo in all this he shit he literally turned around he I literally like I'm out of here. It's like, oh, wow. There she goes. Like, what the flip? So even though Steve saves Mary, they still fight. And they don't, the weekend, the, the day does not end well. At this point, you know, Mary has not caught on to any of this, the, this, the strife that's happening between, between, uh, so Fran has not caught on to any of the strife between Mary and Steve and decides that she needs to go out of town on a business trip. And she's going to leave Mary and Steve to continue planning this wedding because they, they're on a, a very tight time crunch because they, the wedding is, is, is right around the corner. And, um, you know, they have to kind of go on all these errands together. Um, so they're in the sculpture garden uh, looking at very over-the-top giant sculptures. And Lucy, if you want to tell us what Can happened. give something away about how much I love to this Steve? <laughs> I mean, 
Okay, so they're looking at the sculptures, and of course we need some physical and a little bit of raunchy comedy in here. So Steve knocks over one of the statues, and the only part that breaks is the penis breaks off, naturally, and just falls to the ground. But, of course, probably in another hidden pocket of the vest we didn't see before, Mary has crazy glue. So as the guard starts walking up to yell at them, they're hurriedly crazy gluing this penis back onto the statue and Steve's holding it so that it dries. And what happens? His hand gets crazy glued to the penis, which is crazy glued to the statue. So he's just standing there refusing to take his hand off the manhood of the statue until it breaks off in his hand. And when Mary finally gets it off for him, she puts it in her bag and takes it home. <laughs> what else would you do with it? What else? Well, exactly, because I was wondering, like, did they have to buy the statue? <laughs> no, there was so much wrong. And on top of that, he is glued to the penis, who supposedly should be glued to the statue, but then he has no issue just taking his hand away and the penis was never glued to the statue. I mean, there's so much wrong with this. It's like, there is no like reason for all of this to happen. So what I write here is that uh, J-Lo is so beautiful. Matthew McConaughey is a dope. That's what I wrote for that Matthew scene. Matthew McConaughey is what? He's a dope. Matthew yeah. McConaughey is a dope, I wrote. <laughs> True. True. She is so beautiful and then, the whole time through, Lucy was like, I can't believe they end up together. Like, what is this? He is so dumb. He's so stupid. This is so bad. No. I know. I, and I actually completely agree. But what are her options, Liv? Because the very next fucking scene is Mary and Massimo bonding over cheap mac and cheese. No. no. This movie no. serves her zero options. It serves her dope and dopier. No, <laughs> seriously. But, and, and they are trying to make it sweet. They're trying to make the whole mac and cheese seem like him professing his forever love. No, Barbara has a lot to say. Yeah, an Italian man eating mac and cheese no. out of a bar. Are you kidding me? No. 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 There's no way. They no. will never do this. It would literally never happen. No. I, I would, I, I'm going to put that out there to Podcast Nation. If you know. An Italian man, Italian born in Italy. Italy, yeah. A person. Not, not an American, but an Italian Italian. <laughs> yeah. Who would even remotely eat more than one bite of mac and cheese from a box. They might do, it for like, if they were like on Survivor or something, or like right. Fear Factor, and they remember the Fear Factor from the 90s, they might try one bite of a bet, but they are not going to eat three boxes of cheap mac and cheese and then rave about it rave about it it's no. just no. It's absolutely just uh yeah and i also feel the movie the movie is kind of trying to do this thing like really a ham a ham-fisted attempt at maybe making it seem like he might be a good match for her yeah yeah, yeah. well they're trying to make it like they're trying to make the, the point of like and this is the whole thing with massimo right is that Love doesn't always have to be a fairy tale where you fall in love and then everything is rosy and whatever, but that it can be a slow burn, right? That's kind of the point that they want to make, but then they're not making the point <laughs> because it's obviously unsuccessful. So yeah, it's a little weird. And they're making that point with her parents 
but not with Massimo because Massimo is just an idiot. I know. <laughs> the next whole sequence is basically Mary's meltdown and Steve's confession, all driven by they're still running errands together. And uh, Mary runs into an ex fiance who we've never heard of before. Right, uh, never once heard of before. And is so traumatizing for her that she, uh, it sends her into a major tailspin. So, so somehow between that scene and the next, Steve and Mary have purchased a six pack of beer and Mary has drank two and a half beers and is impossibly wasted. <laughs> so wasted that you would think that she, she downed like a bottle of tequila or something. Like, girls, this is why carbs are important. <laughs> We have to eat carbs or we get drunk on one two and a half beers. Yeah, that is the truth. Importance. But also, yet again, where was Steve looking out for her to make sure she's not that terribly drunk because he's stone sober? Yeah, it's just <laughs> carrying a six pack and just chugging it out of just, just. I know. So strange. Um, and she's so drunk that she, Steve is forced for a second time, actually, really a third time if you count the horse thing to carry her, to pick her up, <laughs> you know, I feel like oh, this movie is really like damsel in distressing. No, so much. Like the whole storyline is like, he has to save her because she is so successful in her career and in her whole life. Like she's so self-sufficient. And yet when it comes to him, like all she can do is just being carried. Like what the fuck? Seriously? No, the whole movie. Yeah. I know. And then when they're in the, the apartment, um, we were laughing like, why is he roasting marshmallows? Like, why? On a candle! Come on, like what? And no, I'm no, sorry, again, no. why does she have marshmallows? Who has marshmallows in their apartment? And how does he get them? Because she's clearly so wasted, so he <laughs> must have been like in her kitchen looking, like, no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> oh my god this is they have a big uh, the writers had a big like a like a lottery machine like a bingo machine but instead it's like rom-com cute cute ideas or like, right, yes. like Matthew McConaughey toasts marshmallows on a candle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah no. so bad. but he he has this chance to hear that she's really feeling so rejected from the old boyfriend and has never really regained her confidence back and feels like she's not enough. And he gets to say that she's, of course she's enough. And, uh, you know, he, he really kind of gives her, her a boost and, and they part as friends, right? But he can't leave well enough alone. He comes back knocking on her damn door to tell him he knows the curves of her face or whatever the hell that speech was about. <laughs> that was so, 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 how do you say, soapy, sappy, everything in between. Um, and, and, but also again, she is amazing in that she is just like, takes it all in, mm -hmm. just looks back and goes like, nope, because I respect Fran and that's what I want to you know, Like she's just such a, you know, self-sufficient character. In, yeah. in many ways, right? And she just goes like, nope, I am a stand-up woman and I am not going to betray other women just because yeah. you two are here. Yep. 
And I think that, the, the, and, the, and then there is a little scene with Fran where there's this, this will, this does, does Fran know what's going on? There's like a little bit of a fake out and Fran expresses that she's, that she's getting cold feet. And Mary has this decision point of, do I let Fran back out of this wedding or does she go into wedding planner mode and talk her into giving her the famous wedding planner speech? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one before. before. Yeah. Yeah. She gave the same speech to the bride at the very beginning of the movie. And, uh, and it seems like one of those things that she has in the can and it works like a charm. So Mary lets her chance slip away. Um, Lucy, uh, this might have infuriated you. <laughs> the next scene, the Scrabble scene, where Massimo uh, brings out a dollhouse, <laughs> Mary agrees to marry him. This surprisingly did not offend me. I've, I, I was still in offense hanging over from the last one and really getting ready for the next one. But, uh, <laughs> you were numb. You were numb. <laughs> so so my, uh, my problems with it were manifold. Um, what's with the dollhouse? <laughs> There's been no mention of any kind of, of, of dollhouse-related significance. No. Zero. Making a dollhouse. Was there a doll? Like I know there was a dollhouse kind of in the beginning with the Barbies. Right. But no. But like that's a we... lucky strike. Yeah, and I only just remember that as I was saying it. Yeah. <laughs> that came out of the lottery. Like, we don't know. Like yeah, we don't know that the dollhouse was in disrepair or and like. No. And he rolls this giant dollhouse out just and then the prop for the ring. Yeah, but the dollhouse was kind of supposed to be a metaphor of the house and life that he was going to build for her. Again, freaking damsel in distress, having to be saved by this guy who, like, cannot even make, like, a de like, he can't, I mean, I, I, who would trust him to do anything but really, seriously? Mary is just so worn down that she says... Okay. Okay. <laughs> she says okay. Yeah. The least thrilling response to a proposal ever. Um, and I read somewhere that um, she spells about okay when, you know, it might have been better for her to spell out Y-E-S, which it would have gotten her more points in Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> no. True. Um, you know, we can't leave out the fact that the whole next sequence is, is a montage. We like, we like montages. We do. We generally do, where they're getting ready for the both weddings. You see that Mary begins that, you know, the boys are being fitted for their suits and there's lots of, yeah, anyway. That's, who cares? Um, <laughs> let's move on. So. <laughs> Aww. So we get to the we get to the two weddings, right? So we get to the big wedding, and there, it's a lot of intercutting between uh, Stephen Fran's wedding and the prep, and Marion Massimo's city hall wedding, and we see that Stephen Fran decide mutually to break up. Um, so they they come to this kind of relatively grown up and an amicable conversation together, where Fran really realizes that. Um, she's so much better off without him because he's a fucking dope and she can do better. 
but also like she realizes like the, he takes her by the hand and says let's go for a walk in the wedding dress like they're fully like they're seconds like this is like minutes and seconds away from walking out and walking down the aisle and he goes will you come for a walk with me it's, it's just but anyway whatever we've gotten to her yeah but i have to say this is Probably one of my, not favorite scenes, but I really like this whole scene because, except for Massimo, but no one loses. It's not like, because they amicably, and it, they are both better off without each other. So I actually kind of like that because yeah. it, it redeems the whole thing a little bit. Um, and it's not like, okay, one loses over another. So I actually kind of like that, I have to say. Yeah, and, and one, yeah, they're, so like Fran's not heartbroken. Yeah, and, no. Yeah, they actually really walk away, both of them. Fran is actually, she's relieved because I think what she was feeling in, in her, in, in, in Mary's office was, was real yeah, uh, and yeah. not getting cold feet, so. Right, no, that's true. That's very true. Well, the second, the, the next part of which we see that Mary actually getting ready and, you know, in a very different circumstance, just in the bathroom, in the courthouse, with, which, is, which is kind of funny for a wedding planner who, apparently uh, planned Whitney Houston's wedding, uh, in, in her own words and account. Um, but she walks through this empty, completely empty courthouse. Like, it's just her and the courthouse, and that's it. It's just the only two people in this building. This is the moment where I, I asked Liv, have they even kissed, let alone, like, slept together? She's gonna marry this man? I know. This was the, this was, I mean, It's not an arranged marriage. They've spent time together and they, they're not romantic with each other yet. They're going to get married. Well, you know, it's kind of timely now. It's kind of a social distancing engagement. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's right. Totally. Stayed six feet away until they got married. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, here's my beef. Uh, Steve stuffs Fran into a cab um, and she's thrilled to get the hell out of there. Um, where's her keys? Where's her wallet? How she <laughs> Where is she going in that dress? There's no purse. They didn't think this through. No. There never is a purse. There's ever. never a purse. Never a purse. Remember, Matt Ryan? Okay. Mary always has a purse. Ever. Who does? Mary always has a purse. Or super oh. Things. Yes, that's very true. That's that's a very specific note. You're right about that. She does have a purse. Well, she also says, like, I have in here my whole universe. Like, of course she needs a purse for her universe. Yes. That's true. Fran's uh, got a doorman that knows her. She'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, I guess that's true. She probably just go back to her doorman and somebody will pay. Somebody will magically pay for the cab <laughs> and send her and let her into her, let her into her fancy apartment. Um, we don't really know why Mary didn't get married because last we saw Mary, she was convincing her father that she shouldn't. Um, so we don't know why they didn't get married. We can only, uh, well, everyone, everyone dissents. So the father says no. And then of course, what's his name from Bert. the movie? Bert is obviously at the wedding. He says no, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, no, I thought no one was going to say no, I'm against it too. Yeah, and so she- Why did nobody say no? 
How dare they? They would let her walk into the shit show. Yeah, but after that, after everyone says no, Mary and her father have this heart to heart where she basically says, I am going to marry him and and convinces him that she's going to be okay. So that's how, so they kind of try to leave it on this like little bit of a cliffhanger for us. Like, oh, I guess she's going to be this idiot. They they try really hard to make it really like mysterious and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but we don't, we're not, we're not buying buying or selling. so we, we have the whole final sort of Matthew shows up at the courthouse, or what's his name? Eddie. Steve. Steve. Wow. We have this whole thing. Steve shows up at the courthouse, discovers that Mary has not gotten married, but is, she's not there. And he, you know, meets the whole family. They're happy that he's a big, fancy white doctor. That's great. <laughs> they seem very thrilled that this is happening. Uh, Massimo does something right for once and gives Steve a ride to that same park where Mary and Steve first met. Mary is there watching another movie and picking the M&Ms, the, the, the non-brown M&Ms out of the pack. <laughs> Which leads us, of course, to believe that they are made for each other and that they are going to live happily ever after. The end. <laughs> yeah. And Lucy's comment, yeah, Lucy's comment was like, this will never last. They're going to get divorced right away. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This guy? No. <sighs> oh, my God. So, all right. Wow. <laughs> wow is right. Oh. <clears throat> so, uh, I don't know, girls. I mean, I feel like we, we talked a lot throughout. It. it feels like none of us really were super thrilled with this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I had problems with it, but I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. It's yeah. not that I hated it, but I have to say, yeah, I had such a coming to Jesus with this movie. Like, I used to love this movie. I loved it. Like, I really it was one of those that it was going to come on. It was just one of my picks. Like, I would definitely watch it. And I have to say, if I don't have to watch it ever again after this time, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> it was just very funny. Well, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't need to see this whole movie ever again, but I will still watch the first 15 minutes. Yes, okay. yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Totally. Yes, fair enough. That's okay. <laughs> um, what, is there any, any behind-the-scenes tidbits or trivia, girls? Yeah, I was really, really disappointed about the lack of trivia that there yeah. was. And then one of the continuity <laughs> trivia facts is that the traffic route from where he was to the courthouse is not the fastest route. So if he really was in such a hurry in the end of the movie, he would not have gone that route. So he would not have gotten stuck in traffic uh, where he was. <laughs> very interesting. Very important. Very important. But he was he's not a serious man. No, he's not a serious man. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of little tidbits. Well, first of all, uh, very recently on Instagram, um, Jennifer Lopez posted about the wedding planner. I guess it, maybe it was the anniversary of it or something. And she tagged Matthew McConaughey in it. And he wrote, let's do it again. And she gave him a winky face. Um, the film, this is, may, this may not surprise you. Um, although actually no, this did surprise me. The film was nominated for a Razzie award. <laughs> Razzie. Uh, the Razzie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, the Razzie is the Golden Raspberry Awards. Um, they're known as the Razzies. And it's a parody award show honoring the worst of, of cinematic <laughs> underachievements. Yeah. And they're on the same time as the Academy Awards. And um, often, um, celebrities often attend the, the, cer the ceremony in person as, like, as a nod to the good-natured, you know, I'll accept this award for my t either what you believe is my terrible performance or the terrible movie. And I have to say, I'm, I'm a little annoyed because it was nominated for a, Raz, a Razzie, but it was not, but Jennifer Lopez was the one who was nominated for the- Oh! What? Okay, I don't okay. agree with that. No, I agree with that great. She was the shining light and she was trying to carry this or albatross on her back. I know, seriously. Should have been script writing, like screenplays or, or, or directing. Yeah. Those would have been the ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is great. So one of the things that I thought was so, that I noticed and was obsessed with when I was watching the movie again was the lip gloss. Like, and Jennifer Lopez's lips and Penny's lips and Fran's lips, very glossy. And Adam Shankman, the director, actually said, this movie should have been called Two Ladies, a Doctor, and a Tube of Lip, lip Gloss. <laughs> so he knew. Um, and my final little tidbit is um, I, I looked up some of the reviews for the, for the film. And it really wasn't universally, uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't do well with, with most critics. Some, some liked it. Some, a lot of people really blamed the script. Um, they kind of gave Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey their due, like they were two talented people with a lot of chemistry trying to do, do a lot with a terrible script. Uh, but Roger Ebert gave it two stars. I guess there was a star rating in his newspaper. That's probably out of five. Um, he gave it two stars. He loved Jennifer Lopez, hated Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Regarding the character of Fran, he says, quote, she gets the joke and avoids all the usual cliches involving the woman who gets left at the altar, perhaps because she realizes, as we do, that getting dumped by Steve is far from the worst thing that could happen to her. We sense midway in the movie that Mary and Fran could have much more interesting conversations with each other than either one will ever have with Steve. Yes! And no matter which one marries him, we sense a future five to eight years from now, after the divorce, when the two girls meet by chance at a spa, perhaps the Golden Door, Rancho La Puerta, and share a good laugh. Oh my God, I love that it. I would watch. Totally, I know. That would have been a great sequel. <laughs> That's great. You know what? Um, I didn't write this down, but I just remembered that I did read that there, that, <laughs> shockingly, the writers of this movie conceived this as a trilogy. What? Yes. Oh boy. Wherein the second movie would be Mary planning her own wedding and becoming a bridezilla. And the third movie would be Mary and Steve getting ready for their daughter's wedding. And Mary and Steve will have separated or divorced at that point, but the wedding brings them back together. Of course. But, well, I'm so glad they stopped at the one. Yeah, luckily for the world. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. didn't make those movies. Um, Okay, guys, let's let's figure it out. Ghost it to get it. How do we feel, Liv? Go, Livy. It's your movie. Yeah, this is a high school sweetheart. It's one of the like I loved it back in the day. Loved so hard and so strong and good. 
And then seeing it 20 years later, I'm like, nope. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yeah, for me, this is like the guy you go on one date with, and then you go on a few more dates because it's kind of fun, but there are a lot of red flags. Yeah. There's a lot of red flags. A lot of red flags. Yeah. I agree with that, definitely. It, that's the red, it's the red flag. Red flag. <laughs> yeah yeah for me this is the guy that when you're really bored because no one's paying attention to you you start texting yeah. <laughs> yes have a little texting back and forth but then you remember what a dopey is and when you're just meeting up in person you keep them on red yeah <laughs> three dots <laughs> sounds like this is the same person we're yeah. all talking about <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna keep them on three dots until I'm bored again, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Keep those three dots alive. That was the wedding planner. Yes, it was. Uh, one more in the books, ladies. Okay. Oh, Barbara, we're next. What is excited? What's your pick? My pick, movie that I've never seen before. Love and basketball. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Love and basketball. Good pick. Oh, that is gonna be right. amazing. I can't wait to watch that again. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. That was Canoodle. Bye guys. See you later. And that is a wrap for this episode of Canoodle. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends by sharing this episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other people find us. You can follow us on Instagram at canoodlepodcast and canoodlepodcast.com for show notes and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. See you next week.